Welcome to Simply Finance, the podcast series designed to educate Australia on simply everything finance. Welcome to the fifth episode of Simply Finance. Today, we're talking about home loans, the big one in finance. Now, today, we're joined by industry specialist Peter Holman, who has over 30 years experience in home lending, uh, most recently as the home loan manager for Positive Home Loans. Pete, thanks so much for joining me, mate. No worries. Pleasure to be here, Matt. So, Peter, I'd love to get the ball rolling today just by kicking off with some definitions of some simple terms. So, the most, I guess, obvious one, uh, is a home loan and a mortgage the same thing? Um, They're often used in discussions being the same things, but strictly speaking, they're quite different. So a home loan is generally the product that you end up with, and that's made up of the amount you borrow, which is your principal portion, which is then repayable over a specified term, which we classify as your loan term, with repayments calculated on this loan term at an applicable interest rate, which is the interest rate that you would pay. The amount borrowed and the interest amount is then paid over the loan term. So an example of that is you borrow 300,000 at 3% interest over 25 years with monthly repayments of $1,423 per month. So if you pay the $1,423 per month and interest rates don't change, you'll end up paying $426,790 back to the lender over that 25 year loan term. So given your principal portion was 300,000, you've paid 426,790 back, which is then means you've therefore paid the bank $126,790 in interest. So that's generally what a home loan is. A mortgage is the actual debt instrument, which means in home lending terms that the lender registers the interest on the property it uses as security for the loan. So once the agreed loan amount and interest, in that case that we mentioned before, was the 426790 has then been repaid, then the lender can discharge their mortgage and therefore relinquish its interest in your property. Okay. And one of the things you mentioned then was interest rates, which seems to be probably the thing that's advertised most when it comes to any loan. Uh, are they the most important thing to think about when it comes to getting a home loan? Yeah, that's a, it's a great question, Matt, and it's probably the, the question I'm asked the most um, is what is the best rate that you've got? Um, and by all means, it certainly is important. The interest rate is important, but it's not the be you and end or There's so many other factors you need to consider. And for example, it's the type of loan you're looking for. Um, what are the What's the flexibility of that loan that you, you're looking to take out? What are the fees to that loan? So that could be the entry fees, the ongoing fees, the exit fees. Uh, the loan term that that you're going to have to repay the loan over, what do you need the funds for, Uh, how long do you take to repay the loan, Uh, what is your credit history, and do you want fixed or variable? So all of these factors need to be taken into account before we can virtually advise on what, you know, whether a home loan, uh, the interest rate is the most important thing to your loan. Yeah, you just mentioned fixed and variable. Now, I've got a mortgage myself or a home loan, and I do have a set amount which is fixed and a set amount which is variable. I probably should have asked this question before getting the loan, but can you maybe explain to me the difference between that fixed and that variable loan? Sure. So, once again, these are are common questions people ask. Um, Should I fix my loan? Should I go variable? Should I do half and half? And these are all valid questions that people should ask. they're, They're great questions that you should ask the person that you're dealing with when you're looking to get a home loan. Um, And the best thing I've always suggested is that it it all depends on your individual circumstances. So one of the questions I get is, will rates go up? Will rates go down? And that, no one knows that. So 
what it virtually is, it comes down to your individual circumstances. So with a variable rate loan, the great thing about it is you, you do get a lot of flexibility with that loan. And what that means is that you can generally pay off that loan uh, a lot quicker. You're not restricted with how much you can pay extra. Um, and you also benefit from rates, interest, uh, interest rates moving down um, as well. So it really suits those people that want flexibility and can also take advantage of price movements. Now, on the downside to a variable, rates can go up and they can obviously change monthly, um, but it does give you that flexibility with it. So that's the main thing that people should look for. So with a fixed rate, though on the opposite side, you have less flexibility with it. And what that means is that generally speaking, you are restricted with how much extra you can pay over your fixed rate term. And that could be capped at say $20,000 over your fixed term. So if you're fixed for five years, the max extra you can pay is $20,000. Um, but if you're fixed for one year, you can obviously pay um, 20,000 over and above your normal um, repayments. So if you're also benefit from the, the rate won't change as well during that fixed rate term because you are contracted for that. So if rates do go up, then you are lucky enough to, to have your interest rates stay the same. But on the downside, if rates go down, you are locked in for that period um, with that. And also should you break the term of that fixed rate period, then you may be up for break costs as well. So for an example of it, if you buy a house and you fix it for three years and then you look to go, well, I've sold it after two years and there's one year um, loan, uh, one year on the term remaining of the fixed rate, then you may be up for a break cost if you were to break that loan completely and pay it out and discharge it. So what I would look at it is, is, is look at it as that you're fixing your repayment. So you're buying comfort. So if you go, um, I, I want to know what my repayments are going to be for the next three years, for example, then you can budget from that. So that's a if that's what you're looking at, so it suits those people that really want to know what their payments are going to be, then a fixed rate is um, a perfect solution for you. If you're trying to beat whether rates are going to go up, down or whatever, now that's not something anyone can predict. So it, it really suits those people that want to know what my budgeted repayment is going to be over the next X amount of years that you fix it for. Yeah, because I think we ended up going a portion of variable and a portion fixed. And the variable yep. portion was an amount we wanted to pay off a lot quicker. Uh, we had right. my parents as a guarantor, so we had them in the variable element. And uh, we're hoping to maybe pay that off um, over the next couple of years so we can get them off the loan and stick to that, I guess, fixed rate uh, for the rest of the loan. Yeah, and that, that's the joy of it. You can, you've can you got your variable portion. You can concentrate on paying that off as quickly as possible, remove your parent as a guarantee, and your fixed rate portion just gives you that certainty that I know my repayment's going to be X for the next whatever term you've got left on that. So yeah, so a lot of people do that. They, they split it. Instead of putting all their eggs in one basket, they hedge their bets a little bit and do 50-50, 50% 50, 50, um, 50 variable, 50% fixed, or whatever percentage you break up that may be. Now, I guess interest rates are a pretty important and crucial element of the loan, but they're not everything. So what other things, I guess, should someone consider uh, when they're getting one of these home loans? Yeah, um, there's a lot of things to consider when you're looking at getting a home loan. Um, and one of it comes to is the features that generally come with a with a loan term. Now everything comes with a price, and that that interest rate is applicable. But it's also what else can you do within that loan product? So can you pay extra without penalty? All right, these are the questions. With it. so without with a high, um, with a fixed rate, you may not be able to do that. So if that's what you want to do, then a fixed rate may be not uh, be the best thing for you. What ongoing fees are there? Uh, can I switch my uh, can I switch loans if my circumstances change? And especially in today's environment, people's circumstances can change on a daily basis. So it's important to to know 
not only what you've got today as a product, but can I change out of that for tomorrow? So can I go, if I'm on a variable today, can I fix it tomorrow? If I'm fixed, then you know the flexibility is not there, you're locked in for that period. So you've got to weigh up all these things. Um, what do I want the loan for? So, which is an important thing as well that to look at, you know, what am I actually looking to do with it? Um, how much can I afford? And I use the word afford because I always get a question is how much will the lender lend me? Um, where people should look at it as go, it's not how much the lender can lend you, it's how much you guys can actually afford. So yes, the lender can say you can borrow X amount of dollars, but only you can say how much you can afford. All right, so it's important to consider that when you're looking at a home loan. Also, what, what are my entry costs? So uh, do I have to pay lenders mortgage insurance, uh, which is LMI? And how much is my house worth? So what's my loan to valuation ratio? So you just mentioned LMI and LVR. Uh, can you maybe explain a little bit more to me what those two terms mean? So what actually is LVR and what is LMI? Um, LVR is, uh, in simple terms, it's loan to valuation ratio. An example of that is I have a house worth $100,000 and I owe $80,000 on my mortgage. So therefore, $80,000 my mortgage divided by 100,000, which is my property value, gives me a loan to valuation ratio of 80%. Now, that 80% is generally the golden number that lenders generally use um, to see whether um, LMI is applicable or not. And LMI stands for lenders mortgage insurance. So if you borrow more than 80% of the value of a property, generally speaking, lenders mortgage insurance is available, uh, is, is applicable, I should say. And what lenders mortgage insurance is, it protects the lender, not the borrower. Okay, so that's a common misconception where people think it protects them. It doesn't, it protects the lender. Um, so in general terms, what that means is that, and we'll go back to my house that's worth $100,000. And let's say I, I'm a first time home buyer and I borrow $95,000 um, on that. So my loan to valuation ratio is 95% because that's greater than 80% I've had to pay mortgage insurance. Now, in two years time, I... I've got to sell my house and I and I've sold it and the, the area I bought in has taken a bit of a dive so that the house is only worth $90,000, but I still own 95. So once I take our agent's costs and that, I'm left with say $85,000 from my sale proceeds, but I owe uh, $95,000. So I'm therefore I'm $10,000 short. So there's two ways. One is I can cover that $10,000 myself as the borrower, but if I don't have that $10,000, then the lender can agree to settle the loan and then they will claim that $10,000 loss to the mortgage insurer. The mortgage insurer will then therefore pay the bank their $10,000 so the bank's not out of pocket and then the mortgage insurer has the right to chase me as the borrower for that $10,000, which I would then come to terms with that. So that's what that lender's mortgage insurance means. And so I know for me, I didn't have the 20% deposit to make on this house. Uh, so we ended up having to get a guarantor and I don't yep. believe we paid LMI. Is that kind of where that, okay. So is that where yep. that process kind of comes into play? Yep. Yep. So the guarantee loans are in there for generally provided by a parent um, that where they would provide security uh, from their property and use the equity in their property to help generate their, their dependents out to help buy their first at home and therefore reduce the entry costs um, into establishing a property portfolio. So it's virtually just that, that kickstart that people need to avoid though, that paying at mortgage insurance in the first place and a security guarantee does that. So it protects mum and dad that they're not, um, they're not 
uh, what's the word? Um, they're not liable for the loan, but they're just providing that security guarantee. Okay. So I know the process of getting a home loan, I guess I've been through it myself, but it's quite a long and extensive process at times. Can you maybe just talk us through a little bit of that process and how it kind of works briefly? Sure. Um, so what, what I would say to people is that the bank is going to ask the same questions you would ask someone um, if someone were ask you to borrow $1,000, all right? So if I if I said to you, Matt, can you lend me $1,000? Um, the first question you're going to ask is, A, am I going to pay it back? What do I want my $1,000 for? How long is it going to take you to pay me back? And how much will I get paid back? All right, they're generally the questions you would ask if that scenario wasn't, all right? Now, the lender's going to do exactly the same. They're just talking in bigger loan amounts, okay? So the, the first thing we would do, and that's the way I always look at it and go, that if you're borrowing money, then those questions are always going to be asked. And then it's just about, we've just got to go through the process to, to justify how I can negate to the bank that I'm not a risk to them. And they're happy to take on um, uh, me as a borrower. So, but the first thing we would do, we would discuss with, with a potential client, their personal situation. So what do they want the loan for? Um, what are they looking to do? How long they want to take to repay? Can they afford it? Um, and are they? Do they have stable employment? What is the current situation like? And what are they? What are they looking to do in regards to a product? What do they? They want fixed, variable, and all that. So we go through the product suitability um, with them from there. So that's just a general discussion. There's no paperwork involved with that. It's just virtually let's look at the scenario, and then we look at the affordability. So that would be um, how much do you earn? How long you've been at your employment for? Are you self-employed? Are you PAYG employed? Uh, how long have you been there? All those generic questions around how much you earn. And then we would connect, um, complete an initial assessment based on your income as well as your assets and your liabilities. So if you're looking to borrow $300,000 for a home loan and you've got no other debts, then we would just base your income based on that $300,000 loan. Uh, but if you had a personal loan, uh, a car loan and a credit card, we would have to factor in those repayments as well. So we did that um, initial assessment there. Then there's also a credit check completed on yourself. So um, that's generally done through Equifax, which is the national reporting body. Um, and that virtually provides the details of your credit history. Now, these days it includes comprehensive credit reporting. And what that means is that we get to see um, any credit defaults that you may have unpaid bills, unpaid defaults um, on current liabilities, as well as your repayment conduct on your current loans. So that shows two years worth of history and it shows whether the payments are made on time or not. So that gives us from there. We also do a valuation on your property. Um, and that's either these days, a lot of it's done electronically where we can do online valuations, but also there may be times where a valuer um, will need to go in and physically inspect your property. Um, and then a, a report is complete, and then we then look at the report and the value. The valuation report generally gives a, an amount, and then it also gives a description of the property as well as commentary around it. So what condition is it in? How large the block is? Whether there's active sales in the area? Um, whether it needs any suggested improvements? So if um, you know if there's a bathroom half renovated, these commentary would be on that valuation report. And then the loan is then all packaged up and submitted to the funder for a formal assessment. 
Now, there's three outcomes that can come out of that. It's either approved, declined, or there's a request for further information. So the lender's still got some requests to go, we're not quite happy with this, or we want to we want to ask another question about income um, and that. So then if that's the case, that further information is then gathered, goes back to the, to the funder, they then um, give the formal approval and your loan's formally approved. Um, then loan docs are then sent to you for signing. Now, the great thing these days, a lot of it's done electronically now. So in the last six months, the home loan lenders have, have come into the 21st century and are actually doing things electronically rather than um, sending out documents in the mail. And for those that have had loan documents in the mail before, you know how big they are. Um, and a lot of it's done electronically now. So it can be done um, signed digitally, um, less room for error and a lot easier to complete. So error rates have gone from, um, have been reduced from like 75% down to zero by documents being sent out. So it's a massive change in regards to, to that. So you then sign your documents, docs are, uh, are then returned, and then settlement is then organised. So if you're purchasing a property, you would have engaged a conveyancer or a solicitor um, to handle the settlement of it. And if it's a refinance or debt consolidation, we would then handle um, the outgoing lender who would then we'd go, we want to pay out that loan as at the 25th of this month and then that's then organised and on the 25th it then settles. And one thing we do within our office is that once settlement occurs, we then ring you up to say, uh, congratulations, your loan has settled. And also we ensure that the new repayments are set up correctly. So we don't want the new loan to start off with the wrong amounts at the wrong dates uh, at the wrong time. Uh, we just confirm it to go, okay, your loan settled and your first repayment of X amount of dollars is due on X day and it's gonna be every fortnight or week or month thereafter. So yes, go back to your initial thing. It is a long drawn out um, um, process, but we try and make it as easy as possible in regards to that. It is a long process. I'd love to know like roughly how long that process normally takes. I know for me, we kind of rushed it a little bit, but in, in a sort of yeah. average kind of home loan, how long would that process take? Yeah, and, and that's a great question because that's something that we do get asked a lot. And it, it generally relies on everyone being on the same page. So, um, the people that you're working with in regards to whether it's the lender, a broker, um, that you're open and honest with them and providing and you supply the paperwork you need. Um, so if, you, if you're talking a, a loan approval, our average is about two weeks. Um, that includes getting evaluation done, but we can do it a lot quicker than that. Um, but it also can take a lot longer if there's an, a need for more paperwork as well. So um, it's not something that happens overnight, but if everyone's on the same page and the request for further information is it, um, then just provide that paperwork and be open and honest with the person you're dealing with. I think we did ours from start to finish in about 30 or so days, which I think is pretty quick because uh, I had to head overseas. So it was a bit of a, a bit of a rush, but uh, it went well, which I was very lucky. Now, there are a lot of lenders out there, I guess. Is there something people should maybe watch out for or look for when trying to find the lender? Yeah, look, at the end of the day, I look at it and go, most lenders are the same, okay? Now, sure, there's some slight differences in regards to how much a lender may, may lend you and their interest rates may be slightly different, but ultimately they're pretty similar. So what, what I look out for is that um, look to deal with people that are, who are knowledgeable, trustworthy and reliable. Um, and, and who asks you plenty of questions around that, what, what you're looking to do and what your plans are for the future. Um, because it's important that, you know, you're buying a house. You're not generally buying, a house isn't something you buy for five minutes worth. It's generally, 
you, you're in it for the long term um, with a, um, with, when it comes to borrowing for a house. So what the more we can find out about the, the borrower up front, the better it is to, to, for us to put a, you know, a product suitability um, together for them. So if we don't ask the questions about what do you want to do now, what are you looking to do tomorrow, and what are you looking to do in five years, and what are you looking to do in 10 years, then how do we know we're getting the right product for you today? So, and there's lots of things about it because you may want to, um, I want to buy my first house and I want to pay it down as quickly as possible so I can buy an investment property or I want to invest in shares or I want to go on a holiday or buy a new car. All these things that if we know that and then people will then disclose that to us or more importantly, we're asking these questions up front, then we can know to properly package the home loan best suits you today and also in the future. One of the things also I've noticed a little bit lately uh, when it comes to home loans is, is people talking about debt consolidation. Now, I'm assuming yeah. that's something perhaps you can do when it comes to this process. What's the benefit of doing that? Yeah, we, we do a, a lot of debt consolidation, have seen it for, um, and it's, it's a large part of what the mortgage industry is all about. Um, and the, the main reason people do it is just purely to simplify their finances. So by, you can reduce the number of debts that you've got you can reduce the amount of your monthly repayments. So they're generally the main reasons why people do it. So if if you've got five debts and you're finding managing them hard work, you can look at consolidating it into one loan. So you're just streamlining that those finances into one easy manageable loan repayment. You can also reduce interest costs. So if you've got uh, a credit card, a lot of people have credit card at 20 plus percent. Um, they also have car loans or personal loans in you know in the anywhere from 10 to to 25 percent. Um, and if you can consolidate into a to a home loan, which is generally at a, a lot cheaper rate because the bank has security for that being your house, then you reduce interest costs as well. So that's the main reason why people do it. It's it's a fantastic thing to do to reset yourselves. And you know we hear all of the, everything at the moment is about a, a reset. Um, and a lot of people do that debt consolidation in regards to resetting their finances. Now, there is some traps to doing that, okay, and, and we generally have this discussion around people doing debt consolidation. Um, the main thing is don't go and repeat the same mistakes you've made in the past. So if you consolidate your debts and then you go out and get more debt and you want, then you've just got to do it again in the future. So that defeats the purpose. So it's not about repeating the same mistakes in the past. This is a reset, learn from it, uh, benefit from it, and then um, it, it'll set you up for a better uh, financial path as we're moving forward. You also may end up paying more in interest. Now, people go, yeah, but my rate goes from 15% to, to 3%. And you go, yes, but that 15% may be repayable over four years, whether you've packaged it into a mortgage over 30 years. So you have to factor that. And if it takes you the full 30 years to repay it, you are going to pay more in interest back on that. So you have to factor in that. Um, and also there's cost to refinance as well. So you may have to pay mortgage insurance. So if you've got a mortgage insurance premium to pay your lender's mortgage insurance, then you have to factor that cost into, is there a benefit there to do that? So um, <clears throat> while we do a lot of refinance and there is a lot of benefits to do it, as long as people understand the full picture of it, and we will explain that to them and we do as part of our service to it. Um, and everyone who does do debt consolidation loans should explain that to you, um, is the importance of um, re refinancing and then not repeating it and also the true cost of that refinance as well.
covered a lot of ground today, Peter. Now, uh, just before we do let you go, I'd love to see if there's any maybe tips you'd recommend for someone perhaps looking to get into the home loan market uh, for the first time or perhaps getting a second or third home. Yeah, look, it really comes down to is uh, talking to a specialist. Um, be open, And also for clients to be open and honest in their discussions. Now, we... we can only be we're only as good as what the information we get so if we get half the information we're going to get half a result so i do stress to people lay everything out on the table for us and then we'll we then know the true picture and we can then present that to a lender and give you the best chance of getting a loan approval okay in today's environment and as you mentioned at the start mate i've been in this for a long time and it's harder now than it ever is to get a home loan okay now that's not to say people can't qualify they certainly can qualify but um it's just about knowing that full picture in regards to if you've changed employment or you're going to change employment, then let us know. There's generally a solution there uh, for most people as long as we know that information. So be open and honest. Um, talk to a specialist. Um, don't just follow the and look for the cheapest rate because generally the cheapest rate um, may not always be the best thing for you. So, And what I mean by that is that um, a perfect example, I had someone the other day ask me, go, oh, I'll get 2.19. Uh, fixed for three years and I said to him well that's that's great but uh, I know you're going to sell your house in two years you've told me that so you're going to fix your loan for three years and sell it in two you, you may have a potential cost and that's okay as long as you understand that you've factored in that cost so it's it's just looking at the the full picture in regards to what you're looking to do rather than just looking for the cheapest rate and go I'm going to buy that I love being open and honest. It's one thing that I always talk about. I, I used to work for a bank back in the day and I worked in collections and it would yep. always be the discussion of be honest with me, tell me your situation because without knowing that I can't help. And I guess it's the same thing here. If you don't know the exact scenario the person you're talking to is in, you can't actually help yep. them. And quite often you can, you just need to know the scenario they're in. Yeah, exactly. And and it's quite, um, if you look at it and go, you were in collections working for like, uh, working for a bank and we're looking at the front end. What we want to do is stop people going to collections. So the more open and honest we are in the front, then the less work the people in collections have to do in regards to that. But so there's, going back to it, especially in today's environment, there's nothing wrong with being in collections, but just tell the story. If you've lost your job or you can't afford it, tell people that. There's nothing to be ashamed of. I always say the last thing a bank wants to do is take your house because it is a, a lot of work for them to do that. Banks are in the business of lending money, not selling real estate. That's the perfect place to end it, I think, today, Peter, mate. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. We've learned a lot, and uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people getting a lot of information out of it. No worries at all. Pleasure, Matt. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Simply Finance, brought to you by Positive Lending Solutions. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love to hear from you. And you can find both myself, Matt Tarrant, and Peter Holman across all social media platforms and Positive Lending Solutions via the Positive Group Facebook and LinkedIn. And be sure to join us next week where we discuss leisure vehicle loans getting ready for summer. We look forward to joining you then. All of the ideas and advice discussed in this podcast is of a general nature only. Always consult a financial expert like the ones at Positive Lending Solutions before applying for credit or making a financial decision.